0: cougs house we survived we survived can't state just like we all thought at the start of the season i'm sure you are locked on cougs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked on Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Angel, how to break down all things Cougs. If you're U of H fan or a hater can step by, please be sure to hit subscribe and download the podcast each day for Lays on the Cougs all year long. If you're subscribed, our show should pop up on your feed each day, so be sure to make Locked on Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. Yes, this is a little bit different scene uh, and scenery around me. I, I said Houston born teacher and coach. this is my classroom. We have some people over for the holidays and thus my uh, my normal space a little busy. but right now we're out here on the YouTube channel. Thank you all so much for showing up. Good to see you again. Remember to hit subscribe and like and leave comments on the video. We are just over 100 subscribers. Looks like we're just about 110 and counting. Once we get to 250, we're going to give away a t-shirt, a Marcus Sasser t-shirt. We can get to the artist of that t-shirt eventually, I promise as well. Um, so can't wait to give those away to be to get that to get that t-shirt. Make sure you're leaving comments on the videos and subscribing. Uh, if you can't think of anything to say about the Cougs and their basketball program, tell us how you like to cut a sandwich. All right. This episode, we're going to look at the Houston Cougar basketball game against Kent State over the weekend. The number two ranked Cougs did come out victorious, and we'll look at what that may mean for the Houston Cougars going forward. If you're glutton for punishment or more of a football person or some combination of the two, I want to talk about the football game that happened Saturday night, you can go check out the other episode that came out at the exact same time as soon as this one is over. But in this episode, we're going to look at three different things. We'll look first at what happened in the basketball game and kind of how things went down and what exactly went right or wrong. For the Cougs, our second segment, we're going to look at different freshman struggles and kind of like what to make out of those, because it's kind of the first time we've really seen that happen. And then on our third segment, we're going to look at like, what does Houston hope for Monday afternoon and going forward after this game? Because there are some potential big things on the horizons for the Houston basketball program. However. As we sit here and record this, we're going to first start with, like I said, what happened in the game on Saturday. So I I should mention, like, we're a little about 24 hours post-game recording this. Um, And frankly, I think what's interesting there is that, like, we're kind of finding out more about this game as the game gets further and further away. Uh, The game did come after about just under a week off for the Houston Cougars. Um, A week off of games, I should say, as I said, workouts and practice and so on hopefully a little time for Turkey or, or whatever. But we found out uh, kind of leading up to the game and then post game that many of the Houston Cougar basketball team had, had spent time sick, uh, either, you know, le- like literally in their rooms sick, um, or, or maybe like, you know, practicing through illness or whatever. And it frankly looked that way to start the game, right? Houston started off down like 13, three, pretty early and pretty quick. Uh, I think what's interesting here is that like, after watching this game, knowing that Kent state is coached by Rob Senderoff, Who was an assistant of Coach Kelvin Sampson's at Indiana makes a lot more sense, right? The way this game went was it was looked like Houston versus a carbon copy of Houston schematically. I think that's what's you know, frankly, fairly frustrating. Is Houston's a frustrating team to play against? We're just usually on the better side of it, right? And so that's how that thing uh, went. Um, uh, Okay, I have to say that like Kent State held Houston to thirty-two percent shooting and eleven point eight percent. From three. I say all of that to say that they also like missed some open shots and some of that. But Kent State's defense did do a really good job of making Houston take some tough shots that when like they got those open shots later, I think it's natural in the course of a basketball game to kind of assume that, oh man, I have this like, you know, open shot. Where's the defense? What went wrong? Why why am I open right now? Um, also if you haven't seen the ball go through the basket, I think there's something You know, they don't call it basketball. You know, the basketball gods say if the ball hadn't gone through the basket. This one's probably not going in either. Um, Samson said after the game, this was the first time all year someone punched us in the mouth. They looked more like Houston basketball than we did. There was a really, really tough team on the floor today. It was just them. And those kinds of, like, gut punches that Samson's kind of throwing at his own team are frankly things that he has, like, earned the cachet in building this program to get to say, right? Like that's exactly like Samson's describing what happened. I can sit here with the microphone and tell you that's what happened, but Samson sitting in an interesting spot as a coach can just say that. And frankly, not every coach in America can sit, even if that is what happened, can sit there and say that. Samson saying that because that's what happened. And he gets to have that leeway because of the program he's built. And because of the eight year project that has gotten us to this point, as far as what happened on the floor, I got to shout out Reggie Chaney. Big man came in off the bench for Jairus Walker at like the 15-ish minute mark. Maybe it was 14. Um, and Chaney came in and shifted the energy, right? He came in in a big, big way. Impact dunks, impact layups, impact like, uh, impact blocks, just big explosive plays at the rim on both sides of the floor for the big guy. Um, that, that felt really important. As far as other things that were weird about this game, um, there was a weird tennis ball infatuation with, the, with Kent State's coach Rob Sinderoff, I, I don't know what that is. If someone's got that, please leave in the comments. I'd like to know what that was about. Whenever something was going on that was a little crazy or stressful, it seemed like just be holding up a tennis ball, and I don't know why. Um, so <laughs> figure that out. Tell me in the comments below. Um, I will say that Houston won a game that they couldn't hold on to the basketball and could not make a jump shot because of their own great defense. Obviously, big moments throughout the game. Um Jamal Shedd in transition, Houston's, I forget if it was a tie game or two-point game, but they're driving and they're, their point guard does this euro step. And Jamal Shed times the Euro step beautifully, takes a charge, gets the under four minute timeout, the media timeout going. Like beautifully, beautifully timed charge on a Euro step nonetheless, and played it perfectly. And like that defensive stop kind of negated the fact that Houston had like three or four turnovers in the previous four minutes that it all led to layups because all of a sudden it slowed the rest of the game down, right? Um, Marcus Sasser had a big floater with just under two minutes to go. They came down and hit a three and got off one and they came back down. Jamal Shedd had a nice little floater layup from just about two feet away as well. Like those kinds of big, big baskets from your guards are what you want at a veteran guard play. And those kind of key moments were really, really important for Houston. Perhaps none of the moments were bigger than Jairus Walker's, Big, big block. Uh, again, Houston is up just a point or just a possession. Uh, Kansas State is driving. Jamal uh, J- Jairus Walker comes from across the lane, under the rim, pops up, bah, bah, right? Blocks one. Um, really, really like, that's why he's a five-star kid. That That's the kind of play he makes. Um, we'll talk more about the struggles he had and why that's important to have the both in a second. But Houston probably don't win the game without that block, right? And so big, big moment down the stretch all leading to a Houston Cougar victory on Saturday in a Saturday where it felt like top teams are going down left and right the Houston Cougars managed to stay alive and stay undefeated on the season and that probably means they're not hiring anyone new in the basketball season or in the basketball team these days but if you are let me recommend linkedin.com now these days every potential new hire can feel like a high stakes Wager for your small business. You're going to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster. You can add your uh, purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why Small Business Rate LinkedIn Jobs number one delivering quality hires versus our leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to hire faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. It's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions do apply. In the second segment, we're going to look some at these freshmen struggles because frankly, we knew this was coming. This is a very normal thing in college basketball. Um, and it's just the first time it's happened this season where you had significant struggle out of both five-star freshmen, Jarris Walker and Terrence Arsenault. So Walker got uh, in foul trouble early and kind of led to him being a little bit less aggressive. He had just one point, shot the ball very poorly uh, when he did. He didn't even attempt very many shots. Uh, Kent State was more of a positionless basketball team. Again, we're talking about a carbon copy, a, a, maybe more like a, a cheap knockoff copy of the Houston Cougars. And that means that they're switching a lot of things on uh, backside screens and bearing ball screens and like really like, I think coach calls it monster in the post, right? Where the doubling down in the post, really, really getting the ball out of big men's hands. And that clearly frustrated Walker, right? He had a really hard time getting things going and frankly had a number of turnovers as well. Um, what I thought was interesting about his struggles offensively is once he got settled down into the second half, he was able to make, Big plays on the stretch on defense to kind of counteract, like it meant he had to be on the floor, right? Whereas other freshmen across the country I'm not going to name names and shout out guys, but like you know, other big programs that might have more national cachet in the U of H. Um, will have freshmen that like you see struggle on offense and then they can't transition into making defensive plays all of a sudden, right? They're too focused on what they're not doing on offense, what they're not getting on offense, and to Walker's credit, that didn't happen to him, right? He very much stayed locked in on defense, had big rebounds, and again, the biggest block of the game down the stretch. Uh, I have to say that part of this also probably like has to do with the fact that we can just substitute in Rachel Chaney for him. I mentioned in the top that Reggie Cheney had a big impact on this game was energy. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that like that energy happens when Jairus Walker comes out of the game and that back and forth, I'm sure, frankly, makes it easy for Samson to pull out a guy like Jairus, sit him down and say, Hey, breathe, calm down. They can do some coaching on the sideline. and send Kellen Sampson or Hollis price or coach White or whoever over to talk to him and calm him down. Right. Um, Houston has a luxury in that they get to do that. There are teams out there that have the five star caliber freshman ever that maybe don't have the option to pull them because they need them on the floor, especially in a tight game. Houston does. That helps a lot. With Terrence Arsenal, again, local kid from Beaumont, right, right up the street, a lot of pressure staying home to play for the Houston Cougars. Um, he took just two shots and didn't score. If you've watched Terrence Arsenal play since he was like 14 years old, that's weird <laughs> right like that's that's not who this kid is he's a scorer and frankly in a tight game like this he's he's kind of a killer <laughs> right so we remember the oregon game here right? he took off just a week ago and that this was his very next game feels a little weird right um he had six rebounds they were all important right houston had found a really big niche in rebounding the basketball he did a great great job of taking away the ball uh taking away chances from Kent state in that way, but his big rebound and save, like as balls going out of bounds. the last, it was just like just under the 10 minute mark really helped keep momentum from swinging in the direction. He had a similar, a similar time in the game, a very key assist. And like, it was like a high, low action. He got to the nail right, right middle of free throw line, pump fake, got the guy in there and dropped the ball down a little J one Roberts. And while he didn't score, he got obviously a basket for J Juan. And that, 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 that's a big, big moment, right? Jawan Roberts it, is a guy that needs the guys to help set him up. Uh, he has got a right really, like left hook, but um, it was nice to see him get set up. I like that. And frankly, that Arsenal again, as a freshman, known for scoring, comes in and like they find some way to get that a rebound and save and b that assist and those those kind of moments as a freshman that's contributing and doing other ways than scoring. Even though his MO up to this point was oh he's a scorer right he's a bucket right think about think about the way he'd impact games before this and doesn't say that he didn't impact winning with his length or the impact winning with his defense but he was definitely a guy like oh this guy can shoot right oh those kind and this was not that game and it still made a made a way to found a way to impact winning I think before we move on too far from that we got to give a lot of that credit to the coaching staff uh, Kelvin Sampson obviously head coach. But he's doing a lot of the in game talking while he's like coaching the guys on the floor. The guys behind him, his son Kellen, right? Quintus White, Hollis Price, those guys behind him, that first row of assistants, those guys are doing a lot of this like mind games, like staying focused. How can you contribute? Those kinds of things happening. And it's part of the great staff that Samson's assembled and building up like these freshmen, these young stars. And again, I, I go back to this coaching clinic we got to see some insight over, whatever, but he'll say it at practice if you go watch him at practice too. Uh, Samson is big on building his staff out of his guys, right? Uh, White and Price, both assistant coaches, and I guess his son as well, all played for him at Oklahoma, right? So these are guys that he's brought along that he got see for, and he's taking care of his guys because they get the culture he's trying to build. And so they can speak on the Samson program to these kids in a way that is unique. And I think that that's interesting to see happen and interesting to see play out in a way that frankly is Crazy beneficial for the program at large. Now, I, I think there's a number of different moments you could say this about, but I guess Nissan asked us to do a moment about college football. And so if I'm going to look at college football, um, I guess the thrilling moment in college football this week is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup in Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles capable of the drivers themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's story moment, it has to be the big tank Dell punt return touchdown from the football game. Again, the other episode that came out at the same time as this details all the things that went right and wrong in that football game. But obviously the big taint tail punt return to open the game the first quarter, around half of the first quarter kind of started the scoring off was a big, big exciting and thrilling way to start that game. If I'm trying to translate that into a big basketball play, I'm having a hard time thinking of one bigger than the Jamal Shedd's uh charge that he took about four minute mark. Except that you gotta realize that like the block at the end by Jared Walker probably saves the game in and of itself. So we're gonna Probably split the difference there. (laughs) We'll let you pick. Tell us in the comments which one you want to pick. Um, This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what throws you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. All right. So Houston survives. Houston escapes in a weekend where number one, North Carolina lost. Number three, Kansas lost. Uh, Texas and Virginia played unranked teams, right? So theoretically, there's a really good chance on Monday afternoon when the polls come out, and maybe by the time you're listening to this, that the University of Houston is ranked number one in the AP poll for the first time since 1983, back when like a kid named Akeem Olajuwon was on campus, right? That long ago. Now, I think what's interesting in this is that like, if we're staying focused on the Kent State game for a second, it feels like that was in the air. That pressure felt present because Kansas and Carolina had lost during the week, right? And so there was the, like everyone knew going into Saturday, like, oh, if Houston just wins, they're probably number one, right? It'd be hard for Texas to leapfrog them playing UT Rio Grande Valley or whatever, right? And it'd be hard for, anyone to really like like, have someone from further back than four or five jump all the way up to the one spot and all those kinds of things. And so I feel like that vibe being in the air was present. Obviously, we heard about Houston having some guys sick, and and I don't mean to discredit illness or anything like that. But the, the pressure, I think, also leads to things like poor shooting nights, right? Like, again, Houston shot 11.8% from three. That's very uncharacteristic because they did have enough open shots at least, I think, at the 20%, right? And so Houston shooting that poorly from three makes you think that something in that pressure was working. And I think it's impressive they found a way to win in spite of that, right? Um, I I think that if we look at this game as you know, a standalone thing about like a test towards getting to the number one spot, I would hope what a poller realizes, and, and someone filling out the poll, I guess you should say, realizes, is that Kent State will be a good tournament team, right? Or Roberts will be a good tournament team. Texas Southern will be a good tournament team. Oregon is probably going to be a good tournament team as well. Like Houston continues to beat teams that are the top five ranked in the country. No, we got Virginia in a couple weeks. We get that later. Right. But these are dang good basketball teams that will be playing basketball on national television in March. Right. And that I think is important in building their case to be number one overall. Now, I also think it's important to point out important to point out that um, Houston won a game in which they shot so poorly, right? They did, they're did. they not just a team that's gotten hot for six games. They've won in different ways through different players through different forms of diversity and found ways to win in all of them, right? Each of these games has been dramatically different. I recorded an episode earlier today with a guy um, for – they're talking about St. Mary's and like the WCC and those kinds of things. He's like, what's Houston good at? I was like – Depends on the day, dude. Like it depends on what they're good, what they're good at that day. And then they just find that thing and just run with it. And on Saturday, it was rebound. like, oh, we cannot rebound this team. We're getting all the shots. We're getting all the shots. <laughs> and that's that's what they did. That's what it took to win. Um, I think it's interesting too that you know where this number one ranking feels looming. And yes, if they do get ranked number one on Monday afternoon, you can imagine when check back in to get with one another on Tuesday morning that the episode will be all about what it means to be number one but after the Kent State game Samson spoke on what it means to be number 1 um and he um he kind of broke character in a in a little bit that that was interesting he said that you know this is a would be a credit to previous university of houston teams this isn't like a a one week thing this is a a credit that like the university has been building towards as they've been building this program for 8 years right as he when he came back in back in 2014 and i think that that's interesting that like You know, it takes guys like Galen Robinson, it takes guys like Quentin Grimes, it takes guys like Corey Davis, it takes guys like Armani Brooks, it takes those guys to build the program that gets us where we are today, right? We get to kind of, you know, sit on their coattails in a way that like, do you typically see at North Carolina, or you typically see at Duke, or you typically see at Virginia, or you typically see at more blue blood Kentuckies and programs and stuff like that, right? Um, Houston's kind of got that cachet now because of what Sampson has been able to build here. He also said that, like, with that number one ranking, there will be a lot of questions and things about the program. They'll get asked things as number one team in the country that you don't ask the number twenty one team, right? You don't ask the number twenty one team how they serve, how they you know, manage to just survive against Kent State, but you will ask the number one team in the country that, right? They play St. Mary's next week. They play Norfolk State on uh, Tuesday night. You don't ask the number 21 team how they survive a Norfolk State game if it doesn't look great, if it's not pretty. You're going to ask a number one team that. They play St. Mary's next weekend in Fort Worth. A number 21 team survives that. Good job. A number one team survives that. What went wrong? Right? The questions get different. Um, and I think that it's interesting because Samson's open to embracing this. Said there's no choice but to embrace it and they should. It's a great accomplishment. It's not like it's something they went online and applied for. <laughs> That's a really interesting metaphor. It's like, they got no choice. It's not like they can say, like, we don't want that. It's, they're getting labeled with that. So they're going to take that and run with it. Um, and man, oh, man, is it cool to see something that, like that that could potentially happen for the University of Houston. It's such a big, big honor to fall on, you know, this universe, this you know public university in third ward with the Fertita Center. fits like nowhere near the amount of guys you'll see when you go watch someone play in Lexington or in Durham or in Chapel Hill or wherever, right? frankly, just down the road in Austin, right? Like big, big programs at big, big stadiums. And Houston's like, no, we're, we're better than all of you. <laughs> we got it all right here. Um, now, I will say that being number one, probably means that whether it's Norfolk State or St. Mary's or Alabama or, Saint, or Virginia or SMU or whoever we end up playing, as long as we're number one, assuming that happens, we're going to get their best shot, right? Uh, we talked in the football episode, so if you want to go dial in that in a second, about how like leaving the American Conference felt like Houston got everyone's best shot in the American Conference. And I'm sure that will be coming in basketball season two. But being number one means you get everyone's best shot regardless because they know if they upset you, that's the biggest win in the resume, right? Um, not that being number two in Houston's not quite the biggest, but being number one is, right? Like when Houston goes and plays... St. Mary's, if Houston's number one, that's the biggest win on St. Mary's resume if they can pull it off. Whereas if they're number two, they might tell themselves, like, oh, we can beat number one Gonzaga later in the year, whatever, right? They go beat Alabama, right? Alabama's going to be ready to play that game as if they're playing number one Houston, and it'd be the biggest win of the year for them if they can pull it off. And if they don't, they're like, oh, if Houston were number two or three, like, oh, well, we'll play number one Kentucky later in the year, and it'll be bigger, right? Same with Virginia and the North Carolina's the world or whatever. Right. But if we're number one, we're the biggest win on all of their resumes. Right. And so we're going to get the biggest effort out of all of them. Anyway, I could go on and on and on, but check back in with me on Monday afternoon when the poll comes out. We will be, I'm hoping, celebrating under one ranking. And if not, we talk about what the heck the pollers are thinking. You can find me on Twitter at Painsworth512, P A I N S. W O R T H five one two on Twitter, Instagram, and all your social media handles. I'll talk all things Cougs, the basketball rankings, etc. Uh, we talk Rockets, Astros, the Texans are a football team. I guess we can talk about them too. But we'll talk about whatever you want. I got sneakers, etc. Um, that's at Painsworth five one two P A I N S W R T H five one two. Thank you so much for making sure you download the podcast if you're ever listening. Subscribe on YouTube, and we're at two hundred fifty. We're giving away a Marcus Sasser. T-shirt. If you're looking for a second listen of the day besides going to listen to the Houston Google football program on the other episode that came out the exact same time, I'd like to recommend Locked on College Basketball. Uh, Andy is doing a great, great job. Uh, I think I saw that he is at the North Carolina Alabama game on Sunday night. So make sure you go check out the coverage of that. I'm sure it's a great, great show between Andy and Isaac. They're covering some great, great things happening in college basketball this season. Locked On Cooks is a proud member of the Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs!